the volume. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. We are welcoming a new show to iHeart and the DraftKings YouTube channel. It is called Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano. It's an insider's look at the NBA and the culture surrounding the league. Every week, the five-time All-Star and the number one pick in the 2010 NBA draft, John Wall will give his unique perspective on the hottest topics in the league and tell the best behind-the-scenes stories from his time in the NBA. So check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, the DraftKings YouTube channel, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yeah, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Lakers Tonight with Jason Timph is presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. There's no better place to make every moment more during the Super Bowl than with FanDuel. And new users can bet $5 to win 280 in cash on either team to win. I love FanDuel because it's easy to use, safe and secure, and you can get winnings fast. Now winnings are delivered in as quick as two hours. It's fun to combine multiple bets from the same game into the same game parlay. If you're new, just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app to get started now. Sign up with FanDuel.com slash Jason T so they know I sent you. 21 plus and present in Arizona, Colorado, Connecticut, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, Virginia, or West Virginia. New users only. $10 first deposit required. Must wager in designated offer market. Max bonus $280. Bonus for Tennessee users fulfilled in site credit within 72 hours. Tennessee site credit expires 14 days after to receipt. Restrictions apply. See full terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text NEXT STEP to 53342 in Arizona. 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut. 1-800-GAMBLER or visit FANDUEL.COM slash RG in Colorado, Indiana, New Jersey, or Virginia. 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY to 467-369 in New York. Tennessee Redline, 1-800-889-9789 in Tennessee. Visit www.1800gambler.net in West Virginia. All right, welcome to Lakers Tonight, presented by FanDuel here on The Volume. I am Jason Tim. Happy Tuesday, everybody. I hope you're all having a good start to your week. That was a good 
old-fashioned butt kicking. And, you know, I there, there are a million things for us to get into in terms of how something like this could go this wrong. To me, the story, the overtop story for this type of butt kicking is the obvious difference in talent between the two teams. You know, I trust LeBron James and I trust Anthony Davis to hang tight with any duo in the league. I personally think LeBron is still better than Giannis at this point in his career. Some people disagree with me, but regardless, the duo of LeBron James and Anthony Davis, you should feel comfortable with that matchup against any duo in the league, including Giannis and Chris Middleton or Kevin Durant and James Harden or Steph Curry and Draymond Green or any duo that you run into. That's how good Anthony Davis is. And obviously we all know how good LeBron James is. But you know, what stood out to me so much as I was watching that game, as you go down the rest of the roster, there's a massive difference between the two teams. You know, you get to Drew Holiday and Drew Holiday is many, many times better than Russell Westbrook. It's kind of insulting to even include Russell Westbrook's name in a conversation with Drew Holiday. That's how much of a chasm exists between those two guys. And then you look at the front court and you're looking at Bobby Portis and he's not even their starting center. He's a fill-in for Brooke Lopez because he's hurt and he's significantly better than Dwight Howard or JaVale McGee, or Carmelo Anthony, or anybody else that the Lakers use to fill in those front court minutes. Then you start looking on the wing, and the Lakers have some interesting wings, right? Like Malik Monk has been a a, a win for the front office this offseason, but he's kind of like a one-way player. He gives away a lot of what he gets on the offensive end, on the defensive end of the floor. And you know, when you've got these young, exciting players like Stanley Johnson and Austin Reeves, but the reality is, is Pat Connaughton and... Grayson Allen, Dante DiVincenzo, those are better two-way players. They're bigger and more athletic, and they can actually fulfill their responsibilities on the defensive end. They're good at doing what the Bucs need them to do on offense. I mean, Grayson Allen went on like a solo run there in the first half where he's getting into the lane, making floaters, finishing around the basket. There's a huge difference in the talent level down the roster. And that's where the Russell Westbrook trade becomes such a disaster. And I'm not even talking about Russ as a player, but just the the talent that was lost as part of that deal. Because the Lakers used to have those guys. They used to have, you know, KCP, like a really good two-way guard at the, at the shooting guard position. Great lock and trail defender, awesome attacking closeouts, hit a ton of big shots for the Lakers in the bubble, can hold his own in isolation possessions as a defender. You looked at Kyle Kuzma, just this huge forward who, towards the end of his Lakers tenure, had become a great defensive player and a great rebounder who also had the ability on not just on nights when a star was out to lean on him significantly offensively, but he could have huge scoring nights alongside LeBron and AD. And then Alex Caruso, like we're looking at this Laker trade deadline and you're sitting there thinking, man, we would love to have a swing guard slash forward that's between 6'5 and 6'8 who can guard everybody and can at least hold their own on the offensive end of the floor. That was Alex Caruso. That's what he brought to this team. And the unfortunate thing there is, you know, there's a debate there. Would you rather have 
quality role players or a superstar. We talked about that last night with James Harden, and I was talking about how you have to cash those things in for a James Harden. When we got to the 2019 offseason and you were thinking about, hey, do we want Kawhi Leonard or do we want all these role players? It was obvious that you wanted Kawhi Leonard because that's Kawhi freaking Leonard. Like, obviously, he's going to be able to do so much on the court that it's going to justify what you're trading off in that deal. And this Russell Westbrook trade completely gutted this roster of talent. You know, the Alex Crusoe thing is commonly portrayed as just a budget, you know, uh, non-signing. Like, let him go to save money on the salary, uh, uh, on the luxury tax. But as we know now, if you look at the totality of everything surrounding the Russell Westbrook trade, they brought in so much salary in the form of Russ's 40 plus million dollar salary that that was a big part of why they had to let Alex Caruso go. And it's really unfortunate because now the task that lays in front of the Lakers is significantly more difficult. Can the Lakers win without as much talent as their opponent? Yeah, that happens in NBA history, but it requires that your stars are significantly better than what's on the other team. You cannot overcome that type of talent advantage unless your stars are just absolute world beaters. And now that's what they need to be. You know, regardless of what happens at this deadline, whether or not they can get a legitimate wing to put along the side of them or multiple wings, no matter what, we know now, looking at this team juxtaposed with the teams towards the top, that LeBron and Anthony Davis are going to have to put on a performance for the ages in order for this team to have any legitimate chance to win the title. And that's unfortunate because this was self-inflicted. You know, here in a minute, we're going to talk a little bit about why the Bucks are so much better, not just in terms of talent, just in what they do functionally as a basketball team, but a huge part of it is continuity. You know, the core pieces of the Bucks are still there from years ago. And so there's a culture that exists and that permeates down the roster to everybody. And even the new guys that come in kind of take on that culture. The Lakers won a championship in 2020 and basically turned over the entire roster. You know, so much so that it doesn't even, it's not even recognizable compared to the identity and the types of uh, personalities and the types of competitive nature that was on that team. Think about how crazy that is. That you could have a LeBron James and Anthony Davis team that is still a LeBron James and Anthony Davis team, but just a year and a half removed and completely and utterly different because of how much you swapped out around them. And it's funny because there's a, a classic saying, you don't fix something that isn't broke. And the Lakers fixed something that wasn't broke. And in the process, trashed their best chance to make another run with LeBron James and Anthony Davis. It's really unfortunate. Now, the question becomes, how do you move forward from here, right? Because you don't want to have a defeatist attitude, certainly not within the locker room. You can't just be like, oh, well, the Bucks are better. We're going to lose. Oh, the Suns are better. We can't compete with them. Might as well just call it. So I look at it from two fronts. The first front is the trade deadline, obviously. You have to find a way to slot guys better. Right now, the Lakers' third best player is probably Malik Monk or Russell Westbrook, depending on who you ask. You need to get somebody better than those guys into one of those slots so that you slot everybody down. You know, you want, you want your role players to com be competing with the lesser role players on the other team. And the best way to do that is to bring in just two or three 
good NBA starter level wings that can come in and move guys down the roster. That may not even be possible. That's how dire this situation is. But that has to be the goal throughout the next week. Find some way to bring a little bit more talent in so that you don't have a situation like what you had tonight against the Bucks. The other half of it is just simply becoming better at basketball. And I'm not talking about skills or talent. I'm talking about the things that basketball teams do to win games. So, for instance, Milwaukee. You watch them tonight. They flow in and out of their offense so easily. It just looks natural. It looks like they've been playing together forever. The actions that they run are all crisp and quick. They run them early in the shot clock. They don't find themselves in late clock situations where some guy has to isolate. It's very organized. Then you look on the defensive end of the floor, and they're always in the right spot. Their rotations are sharp. They, they were doing a lot of switching early in the game, which is super interesting because that's not something that this team used to do. But the Milwaukee Bucks are an extremely well-run, extremely well-coached basketball team that has amazing habits, that plays the right way on a night-in and night-out basis. They don't have effort issues. Then you look over at the Lakers, and it's the exact opposite. They've struggled with effort throughout this entire season. To start the game again tonight – after they got absolutely destroyed by the New York Knicks and transition off to an 11-0 start, again tonight, they weren't getting back in transition to start the game. That's just effort. That's guys just not running. That's guys just not communicating with each other about who their matchup is or where they're supposed to be on the floor. This is not a disciplined team. They're running a switching scheme a lot with their guys, similar to what Milwaukee's doing, but it looks sloppy. They lose guys all the time. When they do get switched onto a bigger guy, they don't try to get in front and box out. They just kind of stand behind the guy and watch him get an offensive rebound and put it back. All of those little details within the Lakers are broken. So the second part of this, aside from talent, obviously Rob Polinka has a job here. Rob Polinka's job is to try to bolster the talent on the roster. But for the, Lake, for, for the guys in the locker room, they have to establish championship habits. And I can't believe I'm still saying this after 50-something games. But for whatever reason, that urgency just hasn't clicked with this group. Now, I have my theories about that. As I've said many times on the show before, I just don't think this concoction of players makes a ton of sense. Not, not in terms of their personalities, just in terms of what they do on the court. There's not the right mix for these guys to really buy into a scheme and try to execute it on a daily basis. But something has to be done on that front. Because the Lakers have fought injury problems all season. There have been issues with guys in and out of the lineups. You can, it's hard to point at the standings and just say, oh, this team sucks when LeBron's missed as many games as he has, Anthony Davis has missed as many games as he has. If I remember correctly, this is just the 18th game this season that LeBron and Anthony Davis both played. So there's some excuses on that front. But now you have your guys. The excuses are gone. Obviously, you'd like to tune up a little bit with some talent, but more or less, this is the core. In the big moments, it's probably going to be LeBron and AD, Russ probably, Malik Monk's going to be out there. It's going to be a Stanley Johnson or a Trevor Reza or maybe one other wing. But this group of guys has to figure out how to develop those same habits that Milwaukee has. And it starts with a night like tonight. Like, you fight back. I've been sick of the fake comebacks with this Laker team. It's like that, that stupid Russell Westbrook meme with the calendar that talks about how he's the worst player of all time and then he's the best player of all time and then it's the, you know, the dead face at the end. That's kind of been the Lakers' story for within games all season long. 
starting off horrible, then having this crazy fake comeback, and then it all falling apart at the end. But at least in that comeback, the Lakers can have some semblance of something to cling to as like, hey, here are the habits that we have to build. This is the way we have to come out to start the next game. For instance, I don't think it's a coincidence that these stupid fake comebacks keep happening with the young guys. They always happen with Reeves, Johnson, and Monk. Hey, read read the room, Frank. Maybe that is your group that needs to start the game so that you can set that tone from the start and give your team that best chance to feel confident about themselves. The confidence was a huge issue tonight. Like like I pointed out earlier, the Bucks are not as that was the Bucks' very best punch. Now, the Lakers' best punch might not even be enough in any setting. We don't know that yet. That that definitely was not the Lakers' best punch. They are not this bad compared to this team. But that's what they looked like tonight because the confidence wasn't there. Milwaukee came in playing extraordinarily confident, and everybody on the Lakers looked scared, except for maybe LeBron James and Austin Reeves on the entire roster. And so you have to establish those habits and get in a good groove so that you approach those games and you're the confident team. And maybe you can swing that pendulum in your favor so that you can throw your best punch and maybe they don't throw theirs and you have a chance to get a win. That's how you can beat a team that has more talent than you. So that's, that needs to be the goal as we go down this 25-game stretch. Guys are healthy. Guys are in the lineup. Have to start building out those habits have to start mastering whatever Frank's scheme is that he chooses to use with this group of players, which has changed half dozen times this year. But hey, now you got all your guys. Now's the time to figure it out. For those of you guys who are just joining us, this is Lakers Tonight presented by FanDuel here on The Volume. We were just talking a little bit about, you know, the talent differential between these teams. The, the one other thing I wanted to hit on from this specific game was the interesting reality of the Anthony Davis conundrum. You know, Giannis takes this matchup super personally. And I I think we can all guess why. After the bubble, Anthony Davis was claimed by many, including myself, to be better than Giannis. Now, part of the reason why that opinion looks so ludicrous in retrospect has to do with Anthony Davis's decline more than it does with the opinion itself in the bubble guys Giannis looked helpless getting gentlemen swept by the Miami Heat the only game they won in that series Giannis sat and watched with his brand ankle that's how bad he looked in that series and in the same playoff run Anthony Davis dusted everybody okay he had one of the most dominant defensive playoff runs that we've ever seen and then shot like Kevin Durant out of the high post so that's why that was said now in retrospect it looks really foolish. Now we know in retrospect, like a lot of that had to do with LeBron James. A lot of that had to do with some uncharacteristic hot shooting. And Giannis has gotten much better since then. That's the real reason why that is the way that it is. But for whatever reason, Giannis takes this matchup super personally. And every time he looks eye to eye with Anthony Davis, he tries to end him. And I think there's an interesting dilemma there because Anthony Davis has some limitations in these types of matchups. It really dawned on me in the Miami Heat series in the bubble in 2020. So Portland, Houston, and Denver, the three teams that the Lakers played on their way to the championship, all three of those teams were limited in the front court defensively, right? Like it's Nurkic, 
the Rockets didn't even play a center. And then Nikola Jokic, although he's turned himself into a decent drop coverage big at this point in his career, in the bubble, he's not that great of a defensive player, and he certainly doesn't hang well with with Anthony Davis on an island guarding him in isolation. So he thrived in those settings. But then he ran into Bam Adebayo. And then he ran into an extremely athletic Miami Heat team. And almost immediately in that series, those post-up touches that he was getting were only resulting in jump shots. He wasn't able to get a step on Bam or any of the other wings that Miami put on Anthony Davis. And I paid close attention to Anthony Davis in that series, and most of his success around the rim came as a role man or as an offensive rebounder. And it's just the unfortunate reality of Anthony Davis's physical limitations. And I know that sounds crazy to say because the dude is freakishly tall and way more mobile than most bigs, and that's why he's one of the best defensive players in the league. But the reality is if you have a quick, strong forward sitting right in front of Anthony Davis that can slide his feet, he's not really quick with that first step. And so as a result, when those big athletic forwards really man up on him, he can't do anything but take a jump shot. He doesn't have that ability to get around them, which is why he never became a perimeter initiator for a big who dribbles as well as he does. What makes Giannis so much better than Anthony Davis is he is capable of being a perimeter initiator. What makes Giannis capable of being a perimeter initiator is that he can dribble and shoot like Anthony Davis can, but he also has an incredibly quick first step. So he can stare a guy face-to-face and do a quick move and get by him, which is something that Anthony Davis has always struggled with unless he's going up against a plodding, slow-footed center. Now, Giannis has a million other things that make him better. He's got an incredible motor. He came out and attacked this game from the start. Like, just truly tried to end Anthony Davis. We, the, you don't see that type of aggression out of Anthony Davis very often. He's a little bit more of a mild-mannered guy, tends to kind of go with the energy of the team rather than kind of generating his own energy. That's another big part of what Giannis brings to the table. And it's funny because as Giannis has developed and as Anthony Davis has declined in recent years as a jump shooter, you and with just his motor and just what he brings on a night-to-night basis, now there's a comically large gap between those two guys. And it is kind of insulting to even consider Anthony Davis as one of Giannis's peers. But that's, you know, that's, that's something that's going to be a problem in any matchup because in that Miami Heat series, that's part of the reason why LeBron ha- had such a good series and that I think he averaged 30 on 59% shooting. They relied on him a ton in that series because Miami did such a good job of shutting Anthony Davis down. That limitation doesn't go away. That's going to continue to be the case. What Anthony Davis almost becomes, he's still very good. I, I want to be clear. I'm not trying to say that he's, you know, inadequate, like completely incapable of impacting the game. What I'm saying is he becomes more of like a Rudy Gobert with a pretty decent jump shot is basically what Anthony Davis becomes in those settings. Dominant offensive rebounder, dominant defensive player. He can screen and roll to the rim and finish above the rim, but he just doesn't have as much. just, Just a lot of his polish gets neutralized by having those big, strong athletic forwards that can slide their feet and stay in front of him. That's, a limitation there. So that puts a lot more on LeBron. Now you end up in that kind of playoff series. You're depending on a 37-year-old LeBron to be unbelievably amazing as that perimeter initiator. But again, uh, much props to Giannis. That was He came in with a mission to 
end the Los Angeles Lakers tonight, and he very much pulled that off, at least in whatever metaphorical sense that you can think. We are welcoming a new show to iHeart and the DraftKings YouTube channel. It is called Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano. It is an insider's look at the NBA and the culture surrounding the league. Every week, the five-time All-Star and number one pick in the 2010 NBA Draft, John Wall will give his unique perspective on the hottest topics in the league and tell the best behind-the-scenes stories from his time in the NBA. CJ will bring his A-list comedian buddies to keep it light and fire off some hoops takes. Plus, John will be inviting current and former NBA players, friends, and teammates to join the show as well to give their unfiltered accounts of what really goes on in the league from a player's perspective. So check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, the DraftKings YouTube channel, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yeah, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. So uh, the, the next question becomes, who needs to make a move more? Who's more desperate? A team like the Brooklyn Nets in their situation or a team like the Lakers who obviously have a very different circumstance, but are equally floundering. Both teams are in the play-in now. Both teams are, they were literally coming into the season, the two favorites to win the championship, and they're way below where they were expected to be. And I think this answer is very obviously the Lakers. The Lakers have a clear talent disadvantage in a lot of these matchups down the roster, and they absolutely must bolster the middle of their roster to have any chance to compete with any of these teams. When I look at Brooklyn, they're, they have health issues, but Generally speaking, if Kevin Durant comes back at some time before the playoffs, if Joe Harris can come back at some time before the playoffs, and if Kyrie Irving can even just play in road games, we already know what that formula looks like, and we know that formula works in a playoff setting. They got a lot of wins last year, and were on their way to winning the title before the Kyrie Irving ankle injury and before the James Harden hamstring injury. So the answer is very clearly the Lakers. They are the most desperate team here. They are the team that has no choice but to try to improve. And they also don't have the long window that the Nets have. Kevin Durant's younger. You know, James Harden is younger. Kyrie Irving is younger. LeBron is 37 years old. Anthony Davis is injury prone. There's a lot of issues there that shorten that window. The Lakers are absolutely the more desperate team between those two. Thanks again for coming to hang out, guys. This is Lakers Tonight presented by FanDuel here at The Volume. The last thing I wanted to hit before we got out of here tonight was this uh, um, uh, the trades that happened today. And I wanted to start with the C.J. McCollum trade. So I've always been a huge fan of C.J. McCollum in his game. I think his skill set, that three-level scoring from the perimeter, that real three-level scoring, that ability to create your own shot against the top-tier defenders is easily the most valuable 
skill that you could get from the guard position right there. Now, everyone points to Portland and how much they've struggled, and they use that as the lens with which to basically minimize what C.J. McCollum has done in his career. And don't get me wrong, C.J. McCollum has limitations. Like, if you're depending on him to be one of the talent focal points of your roster, then sure, his shortcomings become more meaningful. But Portland never supplied Damon C.J. with the type of front court defensive talent that they needed in order for those two guys to stay purely focused on what they do best, which was be one of the best offensive backcourts in the league. And that's why that group never really reached their potential. I Obviously, New Orleans has the same problem, but in theory, Brandon Ingram is very capable of being a good defensive player, and if they could just find some kind of front court talent to put along those guys that can defend, that's when you start to get really excited because one of Zion's shortcomings, as good as he is as a wrecking ball around the basket creating his own shot, is just like with Giannis, when you really pack the paint and you make things difficult and you take away the easy stuff, some of his skill limitations start to show up. And that's where having a guy like Brandon Ingram and a guy like C.J. McCollum gets super exciting in the sense that you have that surgical approach that's very different than the sledgehammer approach that Zion Williamson comes with. Not to mention, part of the reason why Brandon Ingram has struggled so much defensively is his offensive role has been so large since he left L.A. He had a great defensive season in 2019 before the Lakers traded him. But it was because he was alongside LeBron James. It was because he had a smaller offensive role and he could devote resources in that direction. C.J. McCollum helps with that. uh, New Orleans has been playing with young guards all season. Getting a savvy veteran guard that can come in and take the keys to the offense for extended stretches gives Brandon Ingram the ability to devote his resources to the defensive end, have more possessions where he's a spot-up player instead of an initiator. It's just better for him in general. I'm very high on Brandon Ingram, and I always have been. So I like the C.J. McCollum move as a really good move in the direction of the Pelicans building a viable contending team around Zion. They just have to find some defensive talent to bolster things in the front court. And then lastly, really quickly on this Indiana Pacers trade. So the... uh, the obvious overreaction from Twitter today is that the Kings are a total dumpster fire. They got rid of Tyrese Halliburton. Why didn't they send off De'Aaron Fox? They're just a, a team in mediocrity. What are they doing? Now, in general, I think people have outrageous expectations for what these small market teams can do. Hey, guess what, guys? They don't have the ability to, do the, to make the signings and to make the trades that some of these bigger markets can do. They're limited in what they can do. And the reality is, is the Kings got the best player in the trade. Demonis Sabonis, say what you want to say about him. He's not my favorite player, but he is certainly a lot better than anybody they sent out. And what always happens in these kinds of settings is there's like this weird hipster crowd that kind of gathers around one player and elevates him to something bigger than what he is. I like Tyrese Halliburton's game. He's fine. He's not a franchise cornerstone. I'm sorry. Like, I, I don't think that's an insult. It's just a reality. He's a decent two guard in the NBA who shoots the ball well, play makes really well, low turnovers. He's a solid two guard. He was not a franchise cornerstone. If I'm a Sacramento fan, I can look at this now and I can go, hey, I got De'Aaron Fox. I got Demonis Sabonis. And most importantly, I stirred things up. Like I talked about earlier with the Lakers, this basketball chemistry thing is a real thing. 
that ability to for just a, a an assortment of players it's the it's the concept of the sum versus the parts right and in this case just swapping out a bunch of bodies and bringing in new guys you roll the dice a little bit and you give yourself a chance to have a better group that fits better and so from that standpoint for both teams whether I'm looking at this as Sacramento or Indiana these were two bad teams that both have showed flashes of potential in recent years that never really materialized. And they're just smartly understanding they're at the end of that window and they needed to mix something up. So I didn't have a problem with it from both sides. All right, guys, that's all we have for tonight. We're going to be off tomorrow night, although the Lakers will be playing on the road in Houston. We will have a show immediately after the trade deadline on Thursday. So hang tight for that. And if anything really crazy happens, we're going to try our best to drop whatever we're doing and get something out. As always, I appreciate your guys' support, and I will see you in a couple days. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yeah, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.